0: Quickly jumping into uh, the word today, not taking any any longer here. Quickly jumping into the word because I believe I don't I need to communicate what the Lord has said um, and asked me to communicate to the church. The last couple of da- weeks we've been doing a series called Taken. Uh, And the idea behind the entire series is about preaching about the end times, preaching about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I believe as a pastor, as a leader, uh, in my generation, I need to voice out. I need to preach about uh, the second coming of Jesus. As much as I love preaching about breakthrough, fire and brimstone. I, I also believe that I need, I need to preach about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because I believe as a pastor, leader in this generation, God has appointed me not just to shepherd but also shepherd and prepare the bride for the return of Jesus. That's my role. And as a shepherd, my role as a church pastor, as a pastor, as a shepherd of this house is to make sure that I prepare the bride, which is the New Testament church for the coming of Jesus Christ. Week one, I help that church understand that we see signs in the world about the second coming of Jesus. And Bible helps us to understand. Bible, Jesus tells us through the scriptures, be watchful of the signs. Be watchful of the signs. God did not ask us to interpret the sign. God did not ask us to, you know, look for uh, other things. He said, watch for the signs. And towards the end of the days, these are some of the things that will unfold. Week one I talked about. Do not be surprised when you see the signs of end days. Do not be surprised because these are the things that is going to happen. Do not be surprised at all. Week Two, I spoke about I will be back, which means Jesus will be back. And we looked into the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to go in detail of what I preached already or teach already uh, in a collection of talks in the last two weeks. But if you have not yet, go back to our social media outlets and you can definitely watch. Today, I mentioned about, last Sunday, today I'll be talking about the number 666 or the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast. And 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 when I made an announcement last Sunday that I'll be teaching about this, I have received several messages from different people who are tuning in and also some of the TV news channels, TV channels also, you know, uh, wanted to stream this entire telecast on their channels and uh, they might do it later. But let's look into the number 666, the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast. And if you you have been in a church setting like me, grown up in a penny church, Pentecostal church, that you have come across this number. The number is 666. In other words, I would also help our church understand the number 666 is the, the devil's credit card for the end days. It's the devil's credit card system. Let's read a scripture really quick. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 to 18. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they have the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Verse 18. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Six, six. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight Calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. And I have come across generations after generations, people in our world today, that they are decoding you know, these numbers. And in a couple of years ago, people said, you know what? The, the, the Pope is the Antichrist and they somehow put his name together, matched it out and said 666, you know, oh, come on, he is. Then after that, every election year, every president who has come, right? In America, people say for some reason, his name matches up. To 666, he is the Antichrist. You know, some people said Obama and some people said Trump and some people also said Trump is the prophet. I don't know what you believe in. You know, you might have different ideologies and all that. But I want to be- help you understand here, the number 666. We need to know that the book of Revelation as it is, is a apocalyptic literature. You know, every game has its own rules and regulation. You cannot take the rules and regulation the of cricket and apply it on football. What the rules and regulations of football, you cannot take it to baseball. Every game has its own rules and regulations. As long as you play by the rules and regulations, right? As long as you play by the rules, you can win or you can succeed in the game. In the same way, every literature, every book in the Bible is divided into different genres, different literature, writing genres. And the book of Revelation and last part of Daniel is an apocalyptic literature which uses a lot of prophetic words, visions, signs, and also it is poems. A lot of Poetic literature, and if you all like like me, and you have gone through it, read some poems. You know, not every poem will be understand. You know, we can understand. You know, sometimes it's the Shakespeare's and all these poems. We cannot understand it as we read it. We have to really understand what it meant to them back in those days. So when you read through Revelation and Daniel, you also need to understand what it was in the context of the people that were living in the numbers. 666, why is the number 666 and not anything else? It could have been 696, 686. Why 666 is that the number? Why is it so important? And, you know, tag along with me as you are joining. The number six in the Bible is the number given to man. The number given to man is the number six. For example, number seven in the Bible is the number of completion. Number five in the Bible is the number of grace. Number three in the Bible is the number to trinity. You know, you see three in one, God, right? Number seven, the seventh day, the completion, the creation of the world. So the number of completion is seven. Number 12 in the Bible states for authority. Are you with me? That's why you see the 12 apostles, the 12 tribes through which God governs all that. So in the book of Revelation, when you read through, you come across the property of of, of different value system. And when you read through number 666, you also need to understand back in the days of John, when Apostle John is writing these letters, he was also helping the church understand through another system of, of, of written letters, which is alpha numeric. In other words, that every letter had a numeric system behind it. Word 666, and that's why a lot of theologians help us to understand the the number 666. When you count it, right, when you add the numbers, it gives you the name of Nero. One of the greatest, you know, persons who uh, persecuted the early church, Nero. You also add up the number to dimension, you know, who was one of the greatest person who who who, who 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 killed a lot of people within the early church, the people who persecuted. Or in other words, in other words, listen to this. The number 666 also adds up to be or call us the destroyer, right? The destroyer. Now you take through history, you run through history and you see from the very beginning To now, until now, you have seen a lot of people who have been persecuting the church. Now listen to this. You know, I have not given you or I'm not planning to give you the the exact order of the events that will unfold in the end times. Some people believe in pre-tribulation. The group of people believe in post-tribulation. Whatever you believe in, that's totally fine. As long as you believe that when Jesus comes, you will be with him. It doesn't matter at all. There's a group Of people that argue about that thing, and I'm not today. No, I don't want to stand here to argue about pre trip or post trip, or I don't want to, you know, make you any uh, make you afraid of the number 666. Why the reason why I believe that is that because you and me, as a child of the living God, does not about worry about 666. Are you with me? The reason why I share that is because you and me, we will be with our Savior when He comes back. For people who have no hope in this world, they have to be afraid. For people who have no hope in the world, they have to prepare for that. For us, we are accepted as the child of the living God. Listen to this. When you, when you see the mark of the beast, Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 to 18, that mark is closely tied to the worship of the beast. And you see, there are, there are different scriptures mentioned here in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 to 18. Revelation chapter 13, verse 12. You know, 19, verse 20 and 20, verse 4. In the book of Revelation, you see, the mark of the beast had to do and associated with worship patterns. Now listen to this. When you read through the scripture, you have to know why in the world Is John writing this? Or why in the world is God helping John write this letter? Now, understand this. John is writing a letter to the early church that was scattered all in the provinces of Northern Asia, Eastern Asia, Asia Minor. And you see, when when, when John is writing these letters to the early church Christians, they are persecuted by Nero. They were persecuted by a lot of other early leaders. And over the centuries, persecution has taken a different level. Yesterday in India, some of my families would know that they celebrated a national day of persecution and they released a new song. Or oh, they, 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 All their worship leaders came together under the leadership of my, one of my dear brothers, Brother Shibu Thomas. And they, they brought up this song, I will follow Jesus, no turning back. The mark of a Christian is that you follow Christ in your life. And there is not a single moment that you turn back from that. Listen to this. Every Christian's walk and life is always you need to make sure that you're focused on God and nothing else. Let nothing in this world distract us and that's where I want to bring your attention to where the mark of the beast is associated to worship of the beast. Now, we see the three, triune, the Holy Trinity, which is God the Father, Son, Jesus Christ, and third, the Holy Spirit, And you also come into the address when you read through the book of Revelation and Daniel or the Bible, you see the portrayal of the unholy trinity, the unholy trinity. Satan is always addressed as the the great dragon in the Bible. Satan is addressed as the dragon in the Bible. And there are people who interpret, you know, in the Asian culture, many countries, they worship dragons and they say, you know what, the Antichrist might come from one of these countries. I don't know. I don't wanna interpret in that terms, but one thing I know is it's a poetic language here, and John is seeing a vision and he says that, you know, the dragon is the great deceiver, the Satan, the great serpent. In the, the, the unholy trinity, the second person, the person who comes against Christ is the antichrist. Let me pause there. What do you mean by antichrist? What do you mean by antichrist? Anybody who opposes Christ is anti-Christ. Anybody that opposes Christ. Do you need a person to come to oppose Christ? Let me just ask you this honest question. How many times we as Christians have opposed the work of God in our life? How many times we as Christians, we have opposed the call of God in our life? Can I tell you, some people are waiting for the arrival of Antichrist. But don't you know that every person here who rejects the plan and purpose and calls of God, you're opposing the work of God and there is an Antichrist within you. There's a sense of of, of rejecting the plans and purposes of God within you. If you are that person, you can either be a child of God or be a child of the devil. There's nothing in between. We are not born out of an illegitimate relationship. We are born out of a legitimate relationship with Jesus Christ and His Holy Church as a born again believer. We are not in between. We come as a child of the living God. So if there is any thoughts in our mind, in our walk, in our systems of family life and social life, if there is anything that would oppose you as a Christian, as a child of the living God, remember, there is a sense of antichrist. A microscopic it could be, but there is something. And whatever seed is in you has a potential to grow. Remember this, if that's something in us, we need to reject it. The reason I share that is because the mark of the beast in the end of times is associated with worship. And you see in the book of Daniel, right? King Nebuchadnezzar sees a vision. He sees the vision of this big, ginormous idol statue. And he sees the vision that people bow down to it. But then a rock came and crushed all of it. You see, the portions were in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And the, uh, in the Hebrews, in Jewish people, there were forced to worship a ginormous statue. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the three Jewish kids, youngsters, You know what they decided? They decided, King Nebuchadnezzar, I know and agree that you are the king of this land, but we will not bow down to any other name. We will not bow down to worship any image. And they decided that the only person they will worship is Yahweh, is God Almighty. And they said that, we will not bow down. Do what you want to do. We know the story. I don't want to go in detail. They were put in burning fire. What happened? Fourth man appeared in the midst of that. Christian walk and life. Today, persecution is happening different places. We are living in perilous times. We are living in ended times. And we've been living in ended times ever since Jesus ascended into heaven. But I believe for sure that, that the, the return of Christ and I'm a pastor in my generation... I have to speak out the truth that Christ's return is imminent. And if I lived 50 years ago, I would preach in the same see. And if I am 50 years later and the coming of Jesus carries, I will preach in the same way that I want to prepare the church. That church, listen, do not waste your time in worshiping other things of the world. The number 666 denotes worship. He demands worship. Who demands worship? The Antichrist. The great dragon. Why? Because from the very beginning of creation, whatever God built, creator, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, wanted to oppose that. Wanted to stand against it. He always tried to create the counterfeit of what God had created. Try to destroy and that's why you see the book of Genesis starts with the garden of Eden. With God bringing two people and wanting to make them be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. What does it mean? To mean that control the earth. To bring them in authority. To give them power. You see the book of Genesis starts with a garden two people. Right? And God gives them the authority. The book of Revelation ends with a garden. And God bringing back the new Jerusalem, which will be the capital. And the new heavens. And the people will rule the earth with Jesus as the king. What God wanted to do in the book of Genesis due to sin, he could not. He had to pick a remedy to that. And in the book of Revelation, he's going to continue what he could not do in the book of Genesis. Are you with me, church? And in the the book of Revelation ends with a garden. And the people that God appointed that will rule with him and subdue the earth, take it in control. Listen to this very carefully. And that's why the devil in his power will do everything that you will lose your focus and give your worship to other names, other things. Some of you might say, Pastor, I don't have an idol or a statue in my life. No, brother, you were wrong. Whatever you give your time to is the idol in your life. Some people have a lot of problem. When we call them for worship, they show up 15 minutes late. There is something else that is taking time in your life. And that's your idol. I'm calling out every single person. You might be like, Pastor, I'm your your business today. What has taken the priorities in our life? That we have lost the focus on the things of God. You can easily identify a spiritual person and a worldly person. I'm not saying that a spiritual person will always wear a black black and white or white and white and walk around like angels. No, his, 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 the way he portrays, the way he shows, the way he behaves, the way he behaves in the church, the way he has the eagerness to be in the presence of God shows through his character. Are you with me? Some people are waiting for... The Antichrist to come. But can I tell you, every single person here has a sense of Antichrist within you. And you alone can kick that Antichrist personality out of your life. Every single person, you have that little bit in your life that you're opposed. You don't know. You say, I'm a Christian, God, um, Pastor. My name is Christian. I'm a Christian. My name is Justin. Don't you see it? I'm, a, I'm born in a Christian Pentecostal family. Pastor, my name is Sean Kuriyakosh. Kuriyosh means the Lord. I'm born in a Christian family, Pastor. I don't, don't, you you think I'm not a Christian? We all of us, we have a sense of Antichrist within us. You need to boot him out. You need to kick him out. Because we need to give space for the presence of Almighty God within ourselves. Listen to this. The mark of Antichrist, right? Why is John writing it? Again, 666, the number of the beast. And why is it is, it's not just one singular six. Why is it 666? Three times. Why is it? It wants to show that man is sinful. Number one, man is sinful. The sign of a sinful man, 666. The number of a sinful man, 666. Second thing I want to share here is that the way we have Trinity, the Holy Trinity that I explained to you a little time ago, Father God... Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You also have the the unholy triune trinity, which is dragon, the great serpent, the, the Satan. And he has two other beasts. You see in the book of Revelation, the beast coming out of the water or the seas and then subduing the earth with ten horns and all that. What is showing us here is that the other two beasts one is the Antichrist, third is the false prophet, the triune unholy trinity. Dragon as the Satan, second, the beast as the Antichrist, third, the false prophet. Now, Antichrist opposes Christ, false prophets come against the Holy Spirit. Listen to this very carefully. All of these three work in union. The work of the false prophet is to govern or gather the people to worship the Antichrist. In other words, he's like the, the, the Kuti Satan, Kuti angel. He'll be like, oh, you know what? This Antichrist, such a good person, such a good person. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He will deceive. You know, you read through the book of Revelation, you see he's very chalu in Hindi. He's very chalu. He's very deceiving. He can use, he's a good communicator. He can easily deceive people. Don't lose track he can. He can easily deceive people. He's, he's very good in speaking. What he tries to do is gather the whole earth into one nation. Gather the whole earth into one accounting system. Gather the whole world into one religious system. Can I tell you? In the last 100 years, I will tell you, in the last 100 years, we have seen majority of Bible prophecies come into the fulfillment. Listen to this very carefully. The formation of United Nations, the formation of WHO, which are all good. They're bringing peace, but also understand. Also understand, the formation of these organizations is not just happening just because there was war going on. These things are prophesied in the Bible. And whatever is prophesied is, 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 is perfectly fitting into the sockets of today's generation. Perfectly. It's like missing pieces are coming back to together in the big puzzle. We are in ended times already. And that's why as a, as a pastor in my generation, I would say Jesus is coming back. Amen. But it is the hope of the New Testament church. And every time I say Jesus is coming back, I don't want anybody here. Okay, Jesus is going to come back. I'm so worried. I'm a sinner. No, brother, sister, give your life to Jesus and you will be taken with Him. <laughs> a lot of people are making money in decoding the book of Revelation. Listen to this. When John was writing the book of Revelation, and I have it written here, when John is exhorting saints to spiritual and moral discernment, not intellectual ability to solve a complex mathematical problem. It's like one of those movies from Indiana Jones that you know you solve this code and you will get the treasure hunt. The book of Revelation, some people say, you know what, you know, I have to solve these problems here. Or number 12, the ten horns, the three bees, the dragon, the lady, the dark moon. I need to unlock. I need to learn. Can I tell you something? Don't worry about these intricate details of it. Now, if you want to study about it, go ahead. But don't worry about it. Some people are just worrying too much about it. All you need to know, all you need to know is focus on Jesus. People have lost the focus on Jesus and focusing on no, number 12. Will you? COVID-19, so, you know, recently, again, somebody, some other graduate from WhatsApp University posted another WhatsApp uh, message. COVID-19, they decoded in, into 666. They said COVID-19 is the 666 number. Don't focus on things like that. Focus on Jesus. When you hear the trumpet's call, you will be with him. That's the goal in life. You know, whatever you you might be in, post-trip or pre-trip, whatever tribulation you believe in, my brother, sister. When you hear the trumpet's call, be with Jesus. That should be the ultimate goal of our life. Are you with me? So the book of Revelation should be enjoyed to reading, not be dreaded about. Let's go. You know, when you see, when John is writing the book of Revelation, he is not wanting people to decode or solve a complex problem here, mathematical problem. Decode 666. No, he doesn't want us to do that. Why is John writing the number 666? Why? Why? He could have just said, oh, you know what? In the end days, persecution, such and such emperor would come. Listen to this. When John is writing this, or John, John is actually seeing this vision, where is he seeing this vision from? Where is he at? In the island of what? Patmos. In the island of Patmos, John is seeing these visions. Probably he wrote it Not in the island, or maybe, we don't know exactly. Or, you know, he might have come out of that and he wrote it. When he's writing it, he's writing to whom? The persecuted, scattered churches. He's writing these letters, right? When I'm sharing this, some of you will understand this. He did not have the freedom to write all of this and take the emperor's name. Are you with me? He didn't have the freedom to do it. If he did so, what will happen? They will scrutinize and they will wet it out. They will cancel that letter. They will tear that letter. Because it had to go through the governing agencies and organizations or ruling parties there. And you see that happening even today. Many parts of our world where people are no longer have religious freedom. Right? And so, possibly, John, when he was writing, he could not take the name of the emperor. And that's why he had to write it, the word 666. And when you look into that scripture here, let me, let me help you understand. The, the word, the, that formation of numbers, words, is called as geometria. Geometria in the, in the olden days was the alpha numeric numbers that you would give for people. So everybody would have, you know, num- numbers that you can calculate to. Every word will have a number. Like we have today, A, B, C, D, and 1, 2, 3. They just have alphabets for numbers and written words. They just have numbers, one word. They calculate it, put it together. And probably that was the reason why he gave the number 666 over there. But listen, as I have to bring you to the conclusion over here, as I'm leading our church, why is John writing this again? This is the third point. Why is John writing this again? The third point. In their context, they have to see and understand. And in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, you see an ancient, um, what's the word? Ancient Jewish Tradition, ancient Jewish tradition, ancient Jewish tradition was they said the Lord's prayer in the New Testament in the olden days. It said, "Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone," and it meant them. The word given there was Shema. Shema was the first word of this prayer. Anybody here who's watching and your name is Shema? That's a very beautiful name. And I pray you will also try to, you know, forgive people. It says in Deuteronomy, listen Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And in the Jewish tradition, the, even today the Orthodox Jewish people would wear a small box on their forehead. Have you ever seen those pictures? They would wear a small box which looks like a home, a house, on their forehead. That box has the inscriptions of this prayer. Which means every Jewish person must take the word Shema on their forehead. Not just that. According to the Jewish tradition, they must also take the word Shema on their wrist, on their right hands. Are you with me? Forehead denotes your mind. Right hand denotes your authority, your work that you do. Are you with me? There could be some left handies here. That's okay. But whatever hand you use to work, totally fine. Right hand in the Bible signifies your authority. Even your left hand, authority. We calculate that way. Opposite. You're reversed. Or your work. So you see the depiction of 666. How, you know, when John is writing, why is he writing? And what does it mean in their context for people to understand? It might take for us days to read through commentaries and people to read through you know, uh, Greek and Hebrew and all this. But for people, when they read it, they clearly understood it. They, need, they did not need an interpreter there. They clearly understood the meaning. Why? Because Deuteronomy chapter 6 was a tradition practiced. By the early Jewish people to carry the word, the Shema of God in their life. What does it mean? Listen to this. Shema. What does it mean? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. It says, where was I? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. It says, the Lord is God, the Lord alone. What does it mean? It means worship. That every Jewish person would say, there is no other God other than Yahweh. Are you with me? Every Jewish person, child, lady, woman, whoever it is, they would always say the Orthodox Jewish, even today they do it. They have it on their forehead. They got it so religious in their life that they walk around with that box on their forehead saying, The Lord alone is Yahweh, the God, the Lord alone. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. They in other words, in other words, listen to this. They are announcing their allegiance to God when they have this on their forehead. When another, when Jewish people meet each other, when they see that you know two Jewish people you know have this on their forehead, they know that you know they are devout and they have given their allegiance to who? Their God Yahweh. In other words, they worship God wholeheartedly. So when John is actually writing this, right? During the times of persecution, listen to this very carefully. When John is writing this, during the time of persecution, he's actually helping the church understand that Nero or the emperor Domitian wants your worship. He wants to take your allegiance from Yahweh. He wants to take your allegiance from God and he wants your worship. Worship. Who else wants that? The devil. Throughout the Bible. What does he do? He wants your worship. That's why when we have prayer meetings, people fall sick. Pastor, I am sick today. Pastor, I am busy today. It is the old trick of the devil that is attacking your life. You don't know brother or sister You don't know Sahodra, Sahodri. But one thing you have to understand here is, you give an excuse one day, that excuse will take over in your life forever. You are giving your allegiance to the devil's work. You're waiting for an antichrist to come. Don't you know? You have one in you already. You're defying, going against the work of God. As a Christian, our allegiance is given to God in worship. And that's why when we come to the presence of the Almighty God, I hate to say this, but I say, Pastor, I'm going to say this. There are people here who are distracted when the worship is happening. You are distracted in the things of work, when the worship. Don't you know when you worship God, that place is a holy place? We are doing too many things when the worship is going on. We have lost our focus from the presence of the Almighty God. You're busy in too many things and that's why I'm going to call out everybody on Zoom. When there's a worship happening, sit down with your family and worship God Almighty. This is what God has given us during this time and this has to be enjoyed and the fellowship must be enjoyed by everybody, not endured. Some people are like, oh, 7 o'clock, 7.30, I Zoom, Come down, sit with your family. Show some respect to God. Are you with me? Your allegiance to worshipping God Almighty. People are waiting for end times and the beast. Don't you know there is one already in you. If you are defying and going against the work and the word of God. Shema meant that my allegiance was given to God in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen to this. Let me just bring your attention real quick. I'm going to wind up in 10 minutes here. Real quick. Listen to this. The Shema gets its name from the first Hebrew word of the prayer in Deuteronomy. Listen Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. This was prayed morning and evening by the Jewish people. This prayer has been the most influential traditions in Jewish history. Functioned both as a Jewish pledge of allegiance and a hymn of praise. Shema. Listen, oh Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And I want everybody to make this prayer today. They wear the Shema on their foreheads. It's called the Shema on their foreheads and their hands. So John used the the, the language to uh, address this was gematria to identify Nero or the beast. Nero as the beast. Nero as the destroyer. From those days, even till today, there are many people and there continue to be many people who are threatening and persecuting the church. In other words... The word Saddam, the word Saddam, you might know, means destroyer. The word Saddam means destroyer. And you would see the guy who brought so much unrest in the Middle East, the word Saddam, destroyer, also, you know, was part and plan of God in the end time pictures. Might have seen on social media outlets recently, about how God is orchestrating, there's a peace between the one of the top leading uh, Middle Eastern countries, Dubai and Israel. You might have come across that. Why is it happening now? That's why I'm saying most of biblical prophecies are unfolding in our lifetime, which shows us just one thing. As we are watchful of the signs, he is coming back. And when we are watchful of the signs, we are preparing ourselves. Listen to this. I have an example to share here. When you are headed to visit somebody, it's a long drive, maybe six, seven hours drive. Right, you are going to visit that person. You are driving three hours, dying, you're worn out already, sweaty hands, sweaty face, and you, you know, you, you are driving and driving, and then you know that, you know, six and a half hours later, you're about to reach your destination. What happens? You would stop, you would pause, and you will clean up yourself, put the deodorants, and you know, you will clean up yourself because now you know in a couple of minutes, I will visit, I will see the person I was waiting for. All the signs that you saw on the road the exits and everything did not just, you know, stop you or scare you but it just prepared you for the destination. Are you with me? It prepared you for the destination. When you see the signs in the world, Bible says, Jesus said, be watchful of the sign. Let it prepare you for the coming of Jesus Christ. As we go Quickly towards the end. As a child of God. Listen, as a child of God. You have the seal that separates you from the world. Isn't that not true? You, you, you know, no matter what you are. But you have the seal of the Almighty God. Why do I say this? Because, because listen. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Because Holy Spirit will separate you from the rest of the world. You are too much involved in the worldly things, my friend. You may not like me saying this again and again, but I have to. You need Holy Spirit in your life. Pray, seek for the presence of God. Seek for Holy Spirit. In some people's life, Holy Spirit is just quiet now because Holy Spirit has been helping you, your inner conscious, suggesting you, telling you. Brother, don't do that. Sister, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't get involved in those things. For too long, you've been just getting your hands dirty in those worldly sinful pleasures and no longer you hear Holy Spirit. Brother, sister, you are on the dangerous road. Listen, Holy Spirit, you is what you need. Holy Spirit is what you need in your life. Ask the presence of God. God, I need Holy Spirit once again in my life. As a Christian, the way you are sealed by God is when you have the infilling of Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, right? What happens? In the upper room, they all gathered. What they were doing? They were worshipping God. They were worshipping. Praise, worship. What happened? Cloven tongues, fire, mighty wind comes rushing into the room and sealed each of them. What happened? They are sealed with Holy Spirit now. You can easily identify who was sealed and who is not sealed. All those who were sealed with Holy Spirit were in the upper room. People who were not sealed were in the outskirts and in the world outside. Are you with me church? As you have been prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ, you need the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit is what prepares you work of the Spirit. In the upper room, the Spirit of the Almighty God descended and sealed each one of them. Listen, you know, there are five verses in the Bible that refer to the seal of God or an object or person sealed by God. John chapter 6 verse 27. Can we read that? John chapter 6, excuse me, John chapter 6 verse 27. It says, do not work for the food that Perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Jesus is saying this do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give it to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal on the slides that I have presented and you can put it on the stream so people can follow to it too. John chapter 6 verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes. Is that us? Is it talking about us? We're working hard. Yes, of course you need food to survive. Right? But we are accumulating things that perish in our world. Everything that you see. My friends, you know, God will give you blessings and I want you to be, have a lead a blessed life. All the blessings. And I don't want people, you know, listen to this. I believe that as a child of God, God will lift your life. That if you lived a poverty, poor life, God will bless you. And I don't believe in just the poverty message. I am not that kind of a preacher. I believe that God will bless you. And I have seen that happen in my life. I've seen that happen in the life of many people who have come to our church. There are a lot of people who came to our church as just... Daily minimal wages, they earn minimal wages of maybe 15 rupees per day, less than a cent. But God has turned the tables around for them where God has given them. These guys are coming from North India and in different places. He worked as securities and you know, minimum but when the moment they accepted Christ, God has changed the tables around. Some of them have leaders in their own places. God has blessed them. And I have seen in the, in, in the tradition, in the, in the history of our parents and everybody in the, in the generations, I've seen God blessing our families. And I want God to bless each one of us. But do not lose your focus. You will get all that. You need a house, God will give you one. You need a car, God will give you one. You need a wife, God will give you one. He will provide what you need in your life. But do not lose your focus. We are gathering the perishing things of the world. But for the food that endures. Do not work for the food that perishes. But for the food that endures to eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him the Father has set the seal. Check on yourself. You are marked by God Almighty. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal, which is God's firm foundation. Believers, it is you. The firm foundation in you, Christ Jesus. The Lord knows those who are His and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart From iniquity. What does it mean? Leave the sinful ways of life. Why? Because you have the seal of the almighty God. You are not the carriers of six, six, six. You are the carriers of Jesus. The lamb of the living God. The one who is called and separated for eternal life. Can I have the worship team behind me? Revelation chapter 9 verse 4. It says, They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or tree. Why? But only those people who do not have the seal on their foreheads. Revelation chapter 9, I don't have time to read that, but I want you to go home or read later. Revelation chapter 9 talks to us about the people, the elected 144,000. Who are these 144,000? The the, the 12,000 people from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Who are these people? God elected, separated them for an end time revival. Listen to this. God will raise up an end time revivalist evangelist among the 144,000 people. 12,000 from each of the tribe. Listen to this. If 12 of the apostles of Jesus could turn the world upside down, what can 144,000, the chosen and the elected of God, can do in this end time revelation? You might think, Pastor, it is just for the Jewish people. No, brothers and sisters. You are the new Israel. People who have accepted Christ as the Savior, you are the new Israel. You are part of God's redemption in this world. Oh the pastor Nda Jolia, pastor the worship leader. Are you with me? Listen to this. Some people, the, the problem, I'm going to preach really hard today, listen to this very careful. In Dallas, we have so many churches. I think some of these churches can combine together and become one church. You may hate me for this. But I had to preach this. We are just trying to build our own kingdom. Brother, sister, you are becoming a devil's agent right there. If you are not going out as an evangelist. Some people, the other problem is, if you know how to preach, you want to start your own church. Sure, custom. Just because they know how to read Psalm 23, you want to start a church. Brother, sister, you are wrong. Maybe your calling is as an evangelist. Become part of a life-giving church. Be an evangelist of God Almighty. Don't just start your own church bring souls into the kingdom of God. This is the end time. Revival. Every single one. Seated here. No matter what your age is. Jerry to Roslyn to everybody in this building and everybody on my team including me and people watching us. On our stream. Let me just call some people. You know, there is Sani. There is Jacob. There is Prateep. There is Worky. There is Anisha. There is, that's my wife. There is John. There is Sharon. There is Onion. There is Ponza, There is uh, some Hindi name. That's Devadanta Sadhu. There is... There is Brother, she said, whoever you are, you are called to be an evangelist of God Almighty. Every moment of your life, how can I grab somebody from the clutches of the enemy and bring him and make him stand on the eternal rock of salvation that Jesus himself is? Working too hard. Everybody's, what are you busy with? Too much you're busy. You're busy too much. You don't have time to pray. You don't have time to evangelize. You don't have time to th- for the things of God Almighty. What are you busy about? Shame on your work. I'm sorry to say that. What are you busy with? We can easily identify a spiritual person. A spiritual person will be caught up with the things of God. I'm not saying he's going to be a cuckoo in his head. where He's always going to you know. No, he's, he's, he's going to be a person... All the days of your life, he's going to think about my Savior is coming. I need to prepare myself, prepare my family, prepare the others around us. There's a seal of God in your life. Listen, there's a seal. Towards the end, I want to make sure that you understand Revelation chapter 9, verse 4. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth, listen, or any green plants or any tree. Only those people who did not have the seal. Who are these? The 144,000 that I said? The evangelists, the people. All of this happens after the rapture. That's what I believe. But listen to this. Listen to this. During that time, God is going to raise up a group of people. Or even during this time, God is raising up a group of people. Selected, elected for the work of the gospel. It is you and me. It is you and me that has the seal of God in our life. We've been marked by God. He has He has picked us, called us by name even before. That. There's somebody listening to me. You are afraid and you are scared to speak out. Let me assure you, you are called by God, not by anybody else. You are called by God, appointed by God. In this day and age, have a seal of the Almighty God. Don't worry about 666. 666 will not come on any Christian's life. You have the seal of Jesus in your life. When you walk around, people will see, oh, he bears the name Jesus on his sleeve. He bears the name of Jesus on his shoulder. He name bears the name of Jesus on his forehead you have the seal of the almighty God. And that's why Revelation chapter 9 verse 4 it helps us to understand here that people who had the seal of God no harm will come near your tent. No harm will come near your tent. Whatever tribulation series you believe in pre-trip, post-trip, whatever if you have the seal of God in your life if you have the seal of God in your life anything could happen to this mortal body of mind a shark could eat it i could die in a plane accident coronavirus or whatever but the soul that is in me is sealed by god almighty on the day that jesus comes back the dead in christ will rise up with god 1st thessalonians chapter 5 the dead in christ will rise up with him the promise of return of jesus the dead in christ Are you really dead in Christ? What does it mean dead in Christ? It means dead to the world. Dead to my sinful life. I'm calling everybody out. If you listen to me. Die to the world. Die to the sinful world. Prepare ourselves. Let the seal of Jesus be visible as clear as possible to everybody. Some of our very shy. You don't want to take about, talk about Jesus at all. You're so shy that people will ostracize you. Can we all stand up? Some people are very shy. Be proud of whom, whose seal is on you. I want to take your attention to, that's where I want to point. Take your attention to The Old Testament. You see a place where the seal was smeared. What was the seal? The blood of the lamb was smeared on the doorpost. What happened? When the dark angel, the angel of death passed by, it passed over. Why? Because it saw the seal of the lamb of the almighty God. It passed over. That's why they celebrate the Passover. Why? Because when it saw the seal, it passed over. Over them, you bear the seal of the Almighty God. His seal is on your forehead, his seal is on your wrist. That means His seal, which means your belief system your thought process your mind is alert in worshipping God Too, your work your wrist your work denotes the work of the almighty God your right hand your work everything that you are as a person it denotes as a Christian you carry the seal of heaven towards the end brother sister you are marked by God let us pray heavenly father We will not live in the fear of the word 666 but rather focus on. Focus on the spirit of the almighty God that was given to us as a seal binding us all together protecting us and preparing us for the groom Jesus Christ coming back for the New Testament church. Today God we surrender we submit ourselves. We submit ourselves. Help us O Lord. Help us O Lord. Help us, Lord, in all we are doing. Everybody, every eye closed. As we are going to sing another song and every time we do this, this is a time where we have to take a spiritual commitment. We have gone astray, dealt in a lot of worldly things. Leave all that. Come back to the house of God. Come back. Let the world know that your first love is Jesus. Nothing else. No money, no value, nothing. No car, no house, nothing. Jesus is your first love. Spend time with Jesus intentionally. Read the word of God. Pray. Spend time with the spirit of the almighty God. It is not some old apachin story. No. My generation here must practice this today. Read the word of God. Some people are too much on other things and social media and politics and everything. Read the word of God. The seal of the Almighty God must be visible on our forehead. The seal of the Almighty God must be visible in the work that we do, in the thoughts of our life. Father, bless them. As they make that commitments today, we're coming back to the house of yours. Not afraid of the end times. Preparing ourselves for the return of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name, amen, amen, amen.